I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Okay, free agency is here. Rachel, we're going to talk about WNBA free agency, but obviously there was some shocking news that just came out about the Las Vegas Aces being sold from MGM to Mark Davis. We're going to dive in. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com while you're there you can check out our overseas tracker it's live now you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place and also when you're listening to this check it out today january 15th we'll be launching our free agency tracker, stay up to date, the most reputable tracker in the game, stay up to date where all the players are going, where they're going, why they're going there, and any other information that we can scrounge together to (laughs) fill you guys in on WNBA free agency. Rachel, let's start with the breaking news, right? Which one? Does that make sense? (laughs) All right, fine. (laughs) The the one that neither of us broke, uh, MGM, and, and the one that probably took the league fans Maybe people in the league from the the people I've had discussions with didn't know about this. MGM has sold the Las Vegas Aces to Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders. Uh, Let me read the release and then we'll kind of get our gut reactions going. Here's the release. We can confirm we have entered into agreement to sell the Las Vegas Aces to Mark Davis and are awaiting approval from the WNBA Board of Governors. Mark is a longtime champion of women's basketball and we believe he is the right person to lead the Aces into a new era. We will continue our enthusiastic support of the WNBA and basketball in Las Vegas. And that was from the president of entertainment and sports at MGM Resorts International. Rachel, when you read that or when you hear that um, and when you heard the news, what was your gut reaction? I'm not going to say that I was overly excited. Um, I'm also not going to say that I was overly bummed out. Um, I think there's still a lot to be determined when it comes with this move. I was I mean, I was surprised by it. I didn't. I didn't know this was happening. Um, I didn't anticipate this happening. And I think we've so strongly associated the aces with, with MGM. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it's, it, I guess my, my, my thought is kind of, all right, well, this, this could be good. Clearly this is maybe uh, as hot a time as ever for the Las Vegas aces to, you know, make them have a move like this or to be sold or to be bought. But um, I guess my question is, well, what, well, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean for the future? What does this mean um, for just what we've become so accustomed of this, this franchise looking like, because, you know, it's, it's, it's become the really, to me, like the, the way you, you would hope to want to run a WNBA team, you know, look, look at what they've been able to do in Las Vegas with the Jersey on, you know, the Statue of Liberty and it's mm-hmm. everywhere right? Like it's just promoted everywhere throughout the city. And I, I would anticipate that that would still continue, but you know, when you have new ownership, things change. So um, I'm just kind of taking it day by day and, and um, waiting for a little bit more information to come out, but certainly hoping that this can help take it to the next level and it doesn't take steps back. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say my gut reaction was, oh no, 
And, and not anything against Mark Davis. Heck, I don't know anything about him other than he has a horrible haircut and that him and Bill Lambier will probably be haircut friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, it was, it was my, my first reaction was that. And then when I thought about it, you know, maybe I was too positive thinking. I looked at it as MGM, you know, they're a casino. They're all about the, you know, uh, investments. They're all about gambling. Buy, buy low, sell high. The Las Vegas Aces, they were bought coming off of a horrible season in San Antonio. They moved to Las Vegas. They have major success in the playoffs. They may get to the finals this past year. Is it possible that they're not able, you know, this is high, sell high. I get it. Makes sense to me. But like you said, there are, in my opinion, three questions. The commitment to the team from the new ownership. And when I say that, I mean it in regards to, you know, we constantly heard throughout MGM's ownership of the Aces, how they would find any way to give them, you know, that preferential treatment. You know what I'm talking about? Like upgrades on flights. Um, you know, the when when they were in the bubble this past year, we saw them have more high tech, uh, more, if you want to say professional uh, tubs for for ice bathing when other teams were literally using like plastic uh, like containers or whatever, things like that. Like they found ways, not loophole ways, but just ways that weren't necessarily against the rules that they could give some extra money and extra pampership to the players. And I think that was part of the reason that it was such a exciting place to play and why it becomes such a premier place to go. My next question, where are they going to play? I've spoken to some people. I don't think there is a concrete answer for that right now. I think people are kind of waiting, people in the know, and in regards to the team and everything, uh, they're waiting for the approval from the Board of Governors before they can, you know, say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're planning forward. I'm sure, you know, they have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C because they need somewhere to play. It's Vegas. You can't play outside. Although that would be interesting to see if uh, the league allowed an outdoor team, but not here nor there. And then my last question is, how will MGM still be involved? I mean, I don't know. Rachel, you unfortunately, and I'm still mad at you for this, were not at the Las Vegas All-Star Game. Uh, when we were there, I was blown away. You get off the air, you get off the airplane, walking to baggage claim. You see signage everywhere for the Aces. You're driving down the strip on the different MGM-owned hotels. You saw signage for the WNBA for these players. That was huge. And not even to talk about the halftime shows that we've seen they do in Vegas, you know, with all the MGM acts. So my question is, and we're not going to get into like the finer details of this. My question is just. And there isn't an answer, but how will they still be involved? Are we still going to see that? I mean, in the release, it says we'll continue our enthusiastic support. Does that does enthusiastic mean money and acts and things that really made them such a premier uh, destination? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, it was it was a really brief release. You know, it's not even final. So there's not a whole lot of information on it. It just kind of then leads your mind to think about all the what ifs and possibilities. And we're just going to have to wait uh, and, and, and see what's going to happen. I, I really hope um, that the uh, support and the excitement and the way this franchise has been run, ran under the MGM Resorts International um, you know, umbrella can continue or, you know, hell even better. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a huge advocate for, for pushing for the best for these women. And, and I will always continue to do so. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, let's move on to WNBA free agency. January 15th is the big day. Now, should we start off with, there was a lot of miscommunication and a lot of confusion regarding moves that happened between January 1st 
and January 15th, where Rachel, myself and you, or you and myself, whichever it is, uh, <laughs> have have been breaking news of a plethora of signings. Let me kind of break it down uh, what we've broken so far. Taya Cooper, Shea Petty, Beatrix Montpremier, Stella Johnson, Suge Sutton, Jackie Jamelos, and Bridget Carlton all signed training camp contracts. Now, they were reserve players. What that means is the teams had exclusive rights to those players, and this signing does not affect the salary cap. And that and that last tidbit is a huge one because, you know, we can talk about, oh, you have the salary cap or you have the space in the cap to sign this player and this player and this player, but it, it does matter the order because there are salary cap holdings. There are, you know, if... Bridget Carlton, who I fully expect to make the Minnesota Lynx roster, she's a great example of this, or Taya Cooper, you know, not having that hit the books until they make the roster later on during training camp or whatever it is, is huge because it it saves you that ability to maybe dangle that money to bring in someone else and then shift some things around. It's always a positive to not have a cap hit when you're making a signing. Um... Do you want to, I mean, all right, I'll just say it flat out. If you read the CBA, there's some confusing wording, but it makes it abundantly clear that from that time to this time, reserve players, you can send out qualifying offers. The tricky part that people did not understand was the word negotiation. Exactly. That's what trips some people up because if the players enter into a negotiation, if Taya Cooper, Shea Petty, or any of these other players sit there and go, okay, you gave me a qualifying offer, but maybe we can negotiate for a slightly better offer for me, then they would not be able to sign. Then that's the understanding everybody has. But these players decided to sign the qualifying offer. We've seen this in the past. We saw um, Odyssey Sims uh, sign a one-year qualifying offer with the Los Angeles Sparks in her last season there, or right before her last season there, and then she left the following season. um, And... It, it, I mean, it's as simple as that. Am I, am I missing anything, Rachel? No, I mean, those all the signings that we've had up until this point, today's the 15th when we're recording, It does, you're, you're exactly right. It comes down to the negotiation. Um, everyone who's signed so far, there has been no negotiation. Um, you know, if, if, if you did want to take it and, and negotiate your contract beyond that, that's when it would begin on February 1st. Um, or, you know, you would start seeing those signings that the, the, the conversation would begin as of today. Um, so you hit it right on the head with the, you know, word negotiation. So, you know, these are reserve players just accepting the minimum offer. Uh, Those can be signed now. They appear as training cap contract. Other thing that people don't necessarily understand, and this is why um, this is so important, you know, just there's so many levels to uh, the CBA. Um, This is, there's a lot of information to take in. Trust me, I am learning just as much as everyone at the same time. And uh, it's, it's a lot even for me to try to wrap my mind around too, but qualifying offers are not just for reserve players. Um, qualifying offers are used so you can hold the rights of that player. So if, if you don't lose them, you know, if you don't send out that qualifying offer, they can become an unrestricted free agent. Okay, so like uh, Brittany Sykes was, you know, sent out a qualifying offer. They become if she's not, you know, she would be considered um, a free agent. So there, there's a lot of different levels with the qualifying offer. There's a lot of different um, ways in which it can be used in free agency and, and all this sort of stuff. And I know it's been a little bit confusing, but the big one is what Arya was just mentioning that the negotiation word, anything at this point has not been negotiated reserve players, how the team hold their rights. 
um, boom, it's a done deal. It's a training camp deal. And from that point on, if it goes beyond that, it will be signed something else. So now we, as, as of the 15th teams and, and players can begin conversations. You know, you could have certain players from a certain team talking to a GM and I know those meetings are starting today and there's going to be a lot of them. And this is when kind of those conversations uh, begin and, and teams are, are really starting to uh, determine what, what direction they want to go um, in free agency. Yeah, and and look, if if you're power, Ariel Powers, Benajelani, Chelsea Gray, Brittany Sykes, heck, and and I say Brittany Sykes because the interesting aspect about her is she's a reserve free agent now, right. so she's not unrestricted. If they, if they wouldn't have done that qualifying offer, like you said, she would have been unrestricted free agent. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The interesting aspect is with her, you know, she's one of those players that might fly under the radar. We saw this multiple times last off season where. A team who has salary cap and, you know, is going to make a hefty offer. Um, I'm blanking on some examples, but we're, we're going to see them make hefty offers that maybe teams can't really back up, you know? So let's say somebody offers Brittany Sykes a ridiculous contract that the LA Sparks go, well, we can't really match that because we want to sign Chelsea. We want to sign Candace, and we're working on this max coring with NECA. Speaking of that real quick, uh, just to break it down, the players who have been cored so far, and I'll let you explain what core is unless you want me to, Rachel, but Liz Cambage, Neka Agumake, and Natasha Howard were all cored before the deadline of last night at 11.59 or midnight, whichever way you interpret it. Um, you want me to explain core? Go ahead. You're, you're on fire right now. Go ahead. All right. I, I had my coffee and then I, I had some caffeinated tea, so I'm zooming. Um, <laughs> but the it, if you follow the M- NFL... It's a franchise tag. What it means is it's a guaranteed contract of a minimum of one year at the maximum salary possible for that player. And if that player decides to negotiate that and say, hey, I want to make it a two-year contract. Cool. That means they are cored for those two years. That means that that player not only has exclusive rights with that team, but is going to get the max contract for those two years. Now, if a team such as the Phoenix Mercury, they cord Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is still on her cord contract. That means this team, the Phoenix Mercury, is not able to core a different player. Similar to Los Angeles Sparks. People are sitting there going, you know, why why not core Candace now? Why not cord uh Chelsea Gray now? Well, first of all, you can't core Candace because she's been cored too many times before. Second of all, They've already cored NECA, so they can't core anybody else. Each team can only have one cored player. And that's basically it. Did I miss anything? <laughs> no, I think it's good. You did a good job. The other thing, right, I, want, the other thing I want people to know, you know, we're, it, free agency in terms of the conversation begins today. Um, I know everyone's all revved up because we've had some news and there's been some exciting stuff that's gone down the last, you know, week, week and a half. It could be quiet here the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, I kind of think of it as like like a, in, in, through the recruiting process at the college level, you know, it, it's now sometimes people talk about what they're doing, some don't. We might be able to get some information out there about what's going on. But in terms of anything official, in terms of signing on that dotted line, that, that won't begin until February 1st. So uh, just just a heads up to people. If, if it is a little bit quiet, um, that's why. This is when that negotiation communication period 
is going down and, and just understand that there's so much going on behind the scenes um, as teams are, are working to make those correct roster moves. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. I know you, you see a lot of like, all right, every coach right now, probably, I don't It's funny to think about if the coaches were like hitting people up at midnight last night, right? Like, oh, hey, Chelsea Gray, what you up to? <laughs> right, right. They very well could have been. And I, I mean, I know that there's meetings that have already begun this morning. So that's really exciting. But um, yeah, in terms of anything final and in terms of um, how much information is going to be out there for like people like us to know, we'll see. I'll do my best. But yeah, we'll definitely see. Well, props to you, Rachel. I'm going to embarrass you right now and say no other WNBA reporter has broken more news over the past three years than Winsider's own Rachel Galligan. I'm very proud to say you're my friend. Oh. Proud to say that you've dropped some bombs. Uh, the Rage Bomb is trending on Twitter and WNBA Twitter. A reminder to everybody, Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Winsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game. Rachel, we'll be back definitely with some more free agency talk as uh, as the free agency period goes on and on. If we hear anything, we might have some emergency pods to drop just because some earth-shattering news happens. But get it, get it ready. Get excited. Buckle up. WNBA free agency is here.